Thanks for calling us the Great British SMX Review Show because, yeah, we're talking uh, the AMA and also um, we've got a, a great British guest on. So, yeah, he's currently filling his face. So, yeah, I'll just uh, keep uh, introducing us and uh, get the sponsors in and then we'll bring in our guest here. So, yeah, that's myself, Ben Rumbold, and my colleague, Brad Wheeler. How's it going, Brad? Yeah, not too bad. Took a, took a little bit of a tumble on the weekend, but um, yeah, we're slowly recovering from, from that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there was another two after that, so that was a bit of a rough, a rough one. But um, yeah, we're we're getting I back. To, get, get, I thought get, it was just dull, but you've obviously banged your head. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a bit of a knock. That's a concussion. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm, I'm really bright, but it's just I bang my head every week, so that's what yeah. I'm across really dumb. It's a mixture of concussion, three children under eighteen months, and. Two hours sleep a night, I think. Well. Okay, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, you might have heard uh, a distinctly Scottish voice joining us. Mr. John Adamson is uh, part of our podcast tonight. So yeah, welcome, John. All good yourself? Yeah, I'm all good. <laughs> Glad to be on. Nice one. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us. I'll just make sure we get the uh, sponsors to shout out, and then uh, yeah, we can uh, get stuck into things properly there. So uh, bear with, just get things set up. Yeah. So this podcast is brought to you by AS3 Performance, the home of aftermarket motocross and enduro parts from hard-wearing protection parts, including skid plates and radiator braces to performance cooling parts, including silicon radiator hoses and oversized impeller kits. AS3 also have a huge range of brake, clutch and gear levers, all with different features and adjustability. Check them out online at www.as3performance.co.uk We're also helped out by Kawasaki Motors UK, who are pleased to announce the arrival of the new KLX 140R range. The easy-to-ride KLX 140R lineup offers a 144cc four-stroke engine, plush suspension and push-button electric start, making for great trailblazers. The KLX 140R machines come in three different sizes, ranging from Junior's first tentative steps to pushing the door wide open on adult riding. The highly regarded KLX 140R range is ready and willing to add fun and enjoyment in 2023. Contact your local off-road dealership for more information. We're also fueled by Gulf Race Fuels across sports cars, single-seaters and motorcycle racing and further afield. The Gulf brand is associated with winning whatever the discipline. And we're also massively supported by Evenstrokes.com so for anything you fancy getting for your motocross needs then uh, go to Evenstrokes.com and uh, just for listening to this you can get some money off by using this man's name. Yep, so discount code Brad Wheeler 10 so Brad Wheeler 10. Check that in at checkout and not 10% off your uh, overall purchase price. So, uh, yeah, evenstrokes.com. Great stuff, yeah, thanks for that. And, uh, yeah, welcome on board. I can see you've got the um, red shirt back on again then, John. So, uh, back to ASA United Gas Gas team for John Adamson. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good for sure. Back, I've got a few races in the UK before I get to head back out and do the last three in America. But hopefully, I've brought some speed back and can ace the United boys proud that they well the weekend and then got the MX Nationals the following weekend also. Yeah, nice one. And um, just to remind us of the deal there, you went out, I believe, with the SC Sport Homes guys. So you were out with Charlie Putnam and. Um... Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, man. I don't know what the bloody hell that was. It's in my other browser, I think. That's right, I just note that down. Three minutes 27. That dreaded search history, Brad. Bringing something up there. That's that's the SM from the Epsomex show, I think. Right, okay, so uh, three minutes 37. Let's go again. So, yeah, you were out there with the uh, with Charlie Putnam and uh, Jürgen Matthias Tarviki, who was part of the SC Sport and Sestavano, and you believe you were riding a white bike, is that right? Yeah, well, they were actually black, but yeah, we were out riding oh. the Hasparnas. I was out, Neil Prince was mechanicing for me, and James, the other mechanic, was out there. And Charlie and Talvika. It's like I've obviously met the guys in the pits, but it's the first time I've spent any real time with them. And well, I heard Neil Prince was. <laughs> I went out with a sponsor um, for lunch the other day, and he said, "I've heard how opinionated you are." I just said, I "Thought you would know that 
that by now? And he said, oh, Neil Prince is on some podcast, de-wording you off. <laughs> I, thought, oh, I thought he was a nice guy, but obviously I've heard different through <laughs> the podcast. But now they're a good, they were a really good group of guys and obviously we're out there working, but when you've got a nice group of guys, it makes an enjoyable experience and it's something I can't wait to go back and give another bash. Nice one, yeah, we heard from uh, Charlie early in the year, he uh, came on a podcast with us and said he had such an awesome time there with uh, Josh last year and obviously, uh, yeah, you got ranked in. I guess it. I guess that uh, Bobby couldn't eventually sort out the American working thing, I guess, that's part of his mind he didn't go. Yeah, like, they, he's got permission by the FIM, I'm pretty sure, but the AMA are still up flat no so it's a real shame for him but on the plus side I got to go and give it a bash so <laughs> like it's life isn't it I, yeah I got an opportunity and it's an opportunity I'll remember so awesome. it's a shame for him and I don't agree with it at all but for me it was good yeah it's hard to be yeah. surprised that the Americans weren't better rushing in but yeah we're not going to go there I think yeah. <laughs> leave the politics um, yeah, much different between your bike and the, the Husky. Obviously, they're both Austrian and both part of the KTM group, but much different between the two. Like, yeah, well, it's a totally new bike, isn't it? The Gas Gas next mm. is going to be the new bike. It is quite a lot different. We never had too much time on it, but I literally spent an hour with Neil. Neil's pretty hot on it. We were adjusting this, adjusting that, and within an hour, it's pretty comfortable. I dare say, with a bit of extra time, you could become more familiar with machinery and know what to, but they did a great job of getting comfortable straight away. Obviously, the bike back home's a good bike too, but. I've changed some things on the bike back home that we used out there and it feels much better, so we'll find out the emissions if I've brought any speed back. <laughs> What's the race this weekend then? As Scottish Championships at Look Gilpeg. Ah, of course, yeah. Johnny Douglas Hamlin's been running it and there's great prize money up for the Pro Class, MX1 and MX2, so... And it's just a really good vibe. People like Conrad and Evo were coming up for it, so it's great racing for myself. And I get to spend some time at home. Yeah, for sure. Did you learn anything from Jet whilst you were uh, whilst you were out there? I could only see him for two corners, and then he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> but the way yeah. he, he like breaks the track down is just incredible. Like when you're there, it's it's like everyone's racing. He's playing with the track, and he's just gapping everyone. It's like it's like he uses half the effort everyone else does. Yeah, um, I was just gonna say, is it um, for the tracks? Are they like on the TV? Like the way they come across is they're in such a big area, not very like packed in like some of the tracks we get over here, where like obviously <laughs> tracks like Fat Cat and in not a very big area, but on the on the TV they look like it's a massive area is it is it that what it feels like when you're riding around you know something like fat cats it's much bigger than southwick really whereas on the camera like they do such a good job of selling it like they've got lots of big cameras close to the track that must have fish out because me and charlie went and walked southwick and we were like it's like if md's been in madura like it's mm. a, such a tight track and like in a small area but on the tv it looks absolutely ginormous yeah like they're very good at selling it as a show which i think that's what the gps miss out on mm. like they they make it a real show for people to go and watch and it's really spectacular and like we watch it on the tv and we think everything's bigger and better but to be yeah. fair i think the gp tracks are more difficult for sure yeah yeah I, I don't know why 
why the AMA is so much like gripping to watch. Like you could just literally be watching like Hampshire ride around on his own in fourth and it's more interesting than watching <laughs> watching a battle for the lead in a GP a GP. I don't know why yeah, I don't know what if it's the, I don't think it's the commentators. I think Paul's a great commentator. I think I don't like, know, I don't you do get some exciting just... GPs, but I do believe the production team that the film crew or like the whole production team that cover the racing like the AMA they'll look for battles in the field if the leader goes away yeah. by 15 seconds they don't just follow him round they look yeah. for the battles in the pack and it keeps it interesting and a lot of the tracks have got a variety of lines like they're not so much bigger but they'll it's like somebody that rides a motorbike's thought about it or they've slightly tested the track so the inside works and the outside works whereas a lot of tracks we go to there's like an inside line usually and that's the one everyone goes for and then until yeah. that one's absolutely knackered and then another line builds up whereas like nearly everywhere there's got a nice big berm around the outside so the inside's fast in the morning it gets rough then you've got insides and outsides nearly everywhere it's narrower it's the same width but there's a much bigger variety of lines for sure amazing yeah they do seem the Americans do seem to have sort of adapted their tracks to move with the times like obviously to move with the four with the four strokes whereas it kind of seems like some of the older GP tracks like or like Lockett I'm sure the layout's been the same since my dad rode it I remember I think they, they tried to move the start like the, over the other side and they did it for one year and then moved yeah, it back. Yeah, it was a mess, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah it was but yeah, I think it just, yeah, I think obviously some of the older tracks in the GPs maybe need to sort of just not completely redoing. You don't want like loads of massive jumps and things, but maybe just sort of open up a few sections or... From, from the GPs I've done... Tighten a few sections up. MD that knows me, I bang on about these super rutty racetracks and it becomes yeah. like an enduro. The problem with a super rutty racetrack is there's one or two ruts that work, whereas like the AMA at Melville, there's hardly any ruts at all, and there's, there's a few section with like lots of ruts, but most are pretty fast and flowing. And the mm. thing about a corner with no ruts is there's a thousand lines because you can go wherever you like. If it's yeah. super rutted out, there's one or two ruts that work, and it stops close racing. And I believe that's yeah. a massive thing to do with it. Whereas I think like a lot of the tracks we ride now, the people preparing them think they're planting potatoes and they've got the plough a metre in the soil and then they're rotivating it and the 450 feels like an 85 when you're riding around because the ground is so heavy and waterlogged that the thing's hardly moving and you're like for me motocross is high speed bar to bar racing people getting close and they say ah it's too fast and people crash and I'm like it's a dangerous sport like if you don't like want to crash and skin yourself go and take up tiddlywinks or do something else let's (laughs) let's make it exciting yeah like I I do like you need some some rutty tracks but you like let's get the bikes going fast yeah. Well, yeah, some rutty I mean, corners you can get away with some rutty corners, can't you? I mean, there's always been tracks, even like back when I was racing in the '90s. There, in some places, you'd have some rutty corners, but the rest of it would be much more open. So, yeah, yeah like you say, it's this universal ploughing of the entire circuit that means, yeah, you go from rut to rut to rut to rut, and that seriously hurts the racing, doesn't it? So, you say, so do they do they prep it differently then? Do you see them actually working on the track? Do you know what they do differently? It's almost like they just doze at it, like so they break the surface and then just soak it, so there's right. moisture in the ground, so you get like grooves but not so much real deep ruts there obviously is some places like I watched the high point point AMA and stuff and it looks super rutty yeah. but I believe they had like thunderstorms on the lead up so you can't yeah. really avoid that 
Like you do get I some racetracks, but not all the time. Mm. Yeah, I think obviously some some place you go to the ground is just naturally softer than others, so you're gonna yeah. get you're gonna get more ruts than others. But I think yeah, like what GPs do is they're trying to prep every track exactly the same by ripping it like three foot deep, soaking it with water, and just yeah, creating a load of ruts which looks great. Don't like it looks like there's loads of lines, but yeah, like you said, there's probably like, two decent ruts in each corner whereas if the track's not got all these ruts in it you can go out wide square people off duck down the inside there's ample opportunities for passing but like Like you said in america the they they're not ripping the tracks like they have in years past and it's creating much better racing yeah i think in particular like when you think back places like the french grand prix was particularly bad for just Mm. It's like you watch where gears crashed, and it like when you're making the best in the world look like they're just tiptoeing about. I'm like, it's not good for mm. the sport in my eyes. You want to see them, you want to be like brave taking it how fast they're clattering down a hill and reeling a corner. Yeah, yeah. I think like you, I think you just got you've got to just go with the the ground that that you're presented with. Like obviously, yeah, unless you like, know motocross, you can't. Like if you're just Joe's whole public that comes along to watch motocross, like you'd have no idea how tricky it is to balance in a long, bumpy rut and keep the momentum up. So yeah. to, yep. to attract people to the sport, it's it's not good. Yeah. Uh, and plus, like when like if you're pretty new, want to come and do a wild card, at, um, like say a British event, just taking it back to like our domestic series like to try and ride something like that you're just so miles off the leaders that you don't want to go back whereas if it's fast and flowing they maybe get a good start and mix it up with the guys at the front for two laps and then they think oh that was brilliant I'm going back next year and I think yeah I think like that you see a decline because it's like they ride round and they crash every second turn and it's just a horrible experience for them. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Like, <clears throat> like you, they say, like, the, like the, all the, the golden era of racing back in the eighties and nineties, but they worked with like what the track gave them like if the if the if you're in france or the czech republic the ground's fucking rock hard so you lean with that and that you that's the track's rock hard naturally let's get on yeah. with it when's Where the last time we on a blue groove hard pack track <sighs> exactly it just doesn't yeah. doesn't happen does it but like, why not this is part of the sport it's supposed to be a world championship if you go somewhere the ground's hard so be it and like it, it creates better racing it's not just get in a rut and follow the leader but sure. then on the other side you go to other tracks sort of like like Marley Basin where the ground's a little bit softer and it, it ruts up a little bit better but it ruts up naturally yeah, yeah. rather than dumping a load of water and burying a plough in it but fuck yeah I mean, um, I mean Ross, Ross Rugal was certainly uh, plenty of hardback going on in there and, and even like uh, in the, the damper parts there in, in the woods there I mean obviously that's one that you missed there John did you, did you watch the racing at the weekend? Yeah I watched this actually getting quite exciting but it looks like Jet's got a bit of competition with um, Sexton but Sexton's doing his usual and crashing not that I can ever comment on anything to do neither like can you Brad by the sound of your weekend I can't comment on Nish but yeah it is yeah. something I watched and thought I'd love to go out and do that but when you hear the logistics of the team going from Millville to Washougal it's crazy I was like people think it'd be quite easy to do but without the help of Clinton and the SC sports homes mm-hmm. it would just be a mammoth task yeah track track looked really fast I thought like yeah, it did. 
I'd yeah. never really sort of noticed it before, but just yeah, sort of all the way up horsepower rail. This sort of then you sort of sweep down, drop down. That's all really fast, and then there's like two or three really tight turns, and then it's really fast and open again. And yeah, yeah you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how tight like they are a lot, a lot faster. But you'd be surprised how tight something like Southwick is. Yeah. Pretty tight track. It's like like we just couldn't believe how small it is in real life. And how, how much odd. narrow it is. Like, cause in, it, the, in the videos, and when you watch it on TV, it looks like they're four tractors wide, <laughs> but they're maybe yeah. like two and a half tractors wide, just like your average track. Yeah, I mean, it might be to do with how they shoot it, because I think the MXGP seems to focus on the billboards, doesn't it? We don't yeah. get a shot of the of the bikes up close, but you usually get all the billboards, both sides of the circuit. Mm-hmm. So all of the, the sponsors get all their maximum fucking exposure, and then, uh, yeah, that's it. Whereas they don't seem to bother with that so much in the States. Did you, did you notice a distinct lack of billboards? balls compared to GPs because I know you've rode them both this year but yeah what did you feel in that sense yeah they've literally just got little ba- like little stabs in the ground with banners stapled to them <laughs> but the main the main difference between the AMA and the GPs is one that it's the sold as a show so much better and in my opinion you've probably got some people that think the GPs are so better but you go to the AMA and you get two like you get two groups of 45 qualifying so you get four 50A qualifying, 45 riders, you get um, 450B qualifying, 45 riders again, you get 90 bikes entered trying to compete to compete to make the main event and the reason is that you go and if you line up on the start line you get $500 back your entry is $250 so if you're anywhere near the track it's like you can go and have a free weekend racing on your bike whereas the GP Mm. all you do is spend money like you get as a rider you get (laughs) nothing in return and not only that everyone is like (laughs) I don't know how I would call I always just say they're like Herman the German no, he can't do this. No. So, and then we go there and it's like, yeah, buddy, you go have one track. Just make sure you're safe out there. It's like, all right, mate. It's perfect. And it's like, you just go in. Like, as long as you're not a total dafty, they just kind of leave you to your own devices. It's, it's, and they're yeah. all... It's yeah. yeah. accent, by the way, yeah. Totally. I know. I think... Um... <laughs> I think the the GPs are trying to sort of bridge that gap between the grassroots sport and your F1 MotoGP. For sure. Which is like, obviously, a pinnacle. Anyone who's sort of into motorsports knows F1 and MotoGP, whereas things like motocross are a bit more niche, but... I'm not gonna I, lie, it's totally think, different, isn't it? Yeah, I just don't think it's. I don't think it's ever gonna get there. I think you just gotta nah. kind of accept the fact that motocross is a relatively niche sport, and yeah, people or people that do motocross are not. Elitist, elitist. Yeah, yeah. And not only the sort of money you do it for either. Yeah, exactly. It's like the people going F1 in their Gucci high tops, wearing the Landrake in September and coming to watch that. It's not happening. The bit that got me, I mean, I I worked worked on a burger van at Silverstone F1 Grand Prix quite a few years ago and just needed the cash and that uh, that was a job going. And like, what got me the most was the flags just fuck loads of flags at the gate when they're all waiting and they're there like five o'clock in the morning the fucking flags come in and it's like jesus christ it's like what's all this about you know what i mean just the, the the weird sort of like link everyone has to like the manufacturers it's not even like national flags it's like flags for ferrari and mclaren and shit like that yeah. just like yeah it's not about it. that's just just 
such a like, weird thing to people, me. Like, people like Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen they're like some of the richest sports people in the world and like I don't know like Prado leading the MXGP championship is a drop in the bucket <laughs> compared yeah, to yeah. the sort of money that's being chucked around in F1 yeah. it's, uh, just, it's just it's, it's just a completely different sport it's not yeah. even it's not even like comparable it's not apples to oranges it's like apples I mean, to a beef roast dinner <laughs> I mean, a typical thing for me for the AMA, and this, I think this sort of typifies the approach they've got, is they're doing this new SMX championship thing. You know, they've got these, the, the big three events there. I've just looked into it a little bit for, um, uh, you know, just to sort of see what's going on. And, yeah, they've, they've got, they're bringing LA Coliseum back, so you're racing up the, the turnstiles and back around. I mean, that's like the Supercross equivalent of bringing back Namur to me. You know what I mean? That's like, okay, here's this new shiny thing we're doing, but by the way, old school fans, woo-wee, we're going to LA Coliseum again. Like, you know, I mean, if yeah. MXGP did something like that, you, you, turn, you turn you around so many more. old, yeah, you turn around so many old school fans at a stroke. You would film them there. I mean, yeah, they'd have reason to complain about it at the Green Party because they would fucking film them there if they went back there. And that, to me, is what they've got right with this AMA thing is they actually fucking pay notice to the, the fans and what they actually want to see, uh, such as going up and down the fucking turnstiles at, uh, at LA Coliseum, you know? That's exactly the point I was trying to say. They make it a show for the public. Yeah, yeah. They, like, they make it a show for the public and they pay their riders. And then they, not only that, they've got good media crew in that can broadcast the good show that they're putting on to the world and yeah. they're good, like very professionally done so everything looks bigger better shinier yeah absolutely I mean we can't even get a second commentator on MHGP TV you know what I mean yeah give me give me give me <laughs> <laughs> right this way Paul I'll join you every fucking round please <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know, you've got the, you know, what you need in, in sports commentary for me is outside of it, you've got the the, the, the journal, the expert who can kind of weed out the story part of it. Like he might have ridden, but you know, it might be nothing special on a bike. And then you've got Carmichael and Stewart. You know, you've got the, the the guy that has actually done it. Because I mean, the guy that's done it is a bit more blasé. Is not so easily shocked and surprised and amazed by what the riders are doing. But you've got to have that analytical side to it. That's why me and Brad Brooks are there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean. I mean, Paul does a, like a great oh, job does, yeah, to do the sure. whole thing on his own. Must be yeah. hard work to just like he's just constantly talking. But yeah, he does like he obviously doesn't because he's trying to do the play-by-play of what's actually happening in the race. He doesn't get a chance to sort of show off all that knowledge he's got of no, the bike setup and how the and track that, breaks down. He doesn't he doesn't get that opportunity? Yeah. Whereas in in the states, you've got like Weege doing the play-by-play, and then they've got Carmichael and Stewart sort of like talking about masterful bike and why it looks like it's working better or why Jet's six miles in front of everyone even though he's going on quarter throw this <laughs> yeah it just I think it is I think a, when there's a setup like, for two people when there's a few people yeah. as well you can bounce off them and other mm. people have got different ideas so you talk not only that the EMA followed the racing so you can easily talk about it but if you if, if you're just watching one guy ride round it's like it's difficult to talk about him because mm. you're just saying yeah look he's riding round oh look yeah he's jumped another bump and he's really reeled that corner and then they end up talking about something totally nothing to do with the actual racing that's going on because they've got nothing else to say and it's yeah, nothing yeah, to do yeah. with Paul because he, as you say he does do a really good job but you can only commentate on somebody riding round for so long whereas when you watch racing it's easy to commentate on because people yeah. are yeah, I mean, and dicing. And 
they followed it that much the other week. They actually had Boutron against Kresinov on the fucking telly. I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. <laughs> I even made the telly once I'd cartwheeled over the finish line jump and was lying in it. <laughs> There's my 15 seconds of fame. There's Adamson splattered on the landing. <laughs> Oh. Oh, amazing, amazing stuff. What's uh, yeah? So I mean, how did you, how, how did, you, did your actual races go then? How, how did you sort of analyse your, your actual races? Because it must have been just weird, just to even focus on the racing amongst all that. But yeah, how was it for you, the actual being on tracks? Yeah, like Southwark had pretty good speed and could run round about the fifteenth mark, but I had a crash in the last lap in the first race. Then I thought you dropped back in that first race. And I thought, yeah, you got right up there, and then like all of a sudden you were down just under, the, just outside the top twenty. Yeah, the last what lap happened? I just hit a bump and it swapped and spat me off like just a big roller to be honest it's so hard going there and getting used as the tracks aren't so rough but it's like 30 degrees with 90% humidity so it's it's tough yeah. from a physical side not because of track but because it's so hot right and then the second race in Southwick went really well well I got caught in the first corner crash came back through to 16th hit a kicker in the last lap and the finish line jumped and absolutely splattered myself so <laughs> it was a bit it was like so close but and then not so good ah oh, nightmare but, nightmare what was um, the second one was Millville wasn't it was that, yeah, what, was that what was that like the second one was Millville and you know, like the heat is so tough to get used to and you get one lap one rolling lap pre-practice and then straight into qualifying which was actually quite good right, okay. like, first qualifying was good I can't remember what I was but I was quite up there and then second qualifying two huge crashes over this triple triple again <laughs> like <laughs> so I was battered and bruised and burnt I had a pretty bad leg infection from Southwick so there was a bit of a struggle to be honest yeah. I struggled with the heat the most like when you get towards the end of the race it's like feels like you're in the sauna really yeah. no, I mean I, I heard Dobby say that about racing in America that was the biggest thing that, that he noticed about it though, there, that, that, that bears out from what you were saying then. yeah like the first track we went to our partner it's the guy from California and me, Charlie, and Talvika are coming in and stripping off down to like our, just like our boxers and knee pads. And this guy's not even broke sweat. It's like they're used to 40 degrees, and we come yeah. from like, we went from schoolhouse where you're wearing a jacket to the line and straight into 31 degrees, 90% humidity, and it was just like, oh my God. Like, I don't like, it's yeah. like, I think climatizing would be a, a much bigger thing than fitness. Cause yeah. like, you can, Definitely. like, when I've done GPs and stuff, you don't tire so much. But there it was like your head felt like it was going to explode. Mad, isn't it? Mm. Crazy. Tough. Yeah, it does it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Good experience, though. Like I say, I mean, hopefully it'll be uh, translating the um, the speed across there. I mean, it just uh, spot brought up the Michelin Nationals results, and obviously you missed one, didn't you? Because the first the the, the uh, Oxford race clashed with yeah with the first AMA race. But yeah, apart from that, you'd be getting right up in the top uh, top five. What fourth is your best, and an eighth is your worst. So it's not far off then the Michelin Nationals, is it really? Yeah, the MX Nationals are going pretty good. But, like, in my head, like people said, was it a hard decision? Nobody remembers you unless you win something like that, do they? Like, nobody remembers the second, third, fourth guy. So, in my head, it was like, yeah. go to America for sure. Like, I don't even know what was running the championship. Maybe fourth or fifth or something. Yeah, yeah, I would say so, yeah. I think you'd probably be level with, um, with Grimshaw, I think, because, yeah, Grimshaw's got about... 
the same number of points more than you than he got at Oxford. So yeah, I think you would have been just behind him, and you're now eighth. But yeah, like you say, it's, right, uh, then, it's, to be honest, it meant you, you, you'd write that off and get your experience. Yeah, you, really. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Good stuff. Are you uh, doing the last round of the Vivo Championship? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're back for that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because it's September when they're doing the um, uh, the SMX thing then. We haven't quite got quite got enough points for that yet. Nah, I don't think they. I, I wouldn't be going over for that anyway. Like no. the deal was just to do these two and then do the last three. So, and as I've said before, like it is such a big task to go over there without somebody like Neil that knows everyone and can organise stuff. Like you wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah, sure. It's not, it's not just so. It's not like Europe where you can load your van up and fill. As you've got a card that you can get diesel with, you can go. It's yeah. not so easy when you fly halfway across the globe. Yeah. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Did you, did you all like kit together? Did you all stay in the same sort of place there? What, what was it like? Or was it just in the truck sort of thing? What, what was it sort of? Uh, what's the sort? What was the sort between the races arrangement? Or was it as basic as fuck? <laughs> uh, we done we done a fair few nights in the fun mover, but like the, before the before the races, we usually got a hotel in there, B and B, just because like to sleep in the truck is so hot and sweaty and tight. So before the races, we slept in hotels. But and I think I think Neil and James wanted a break from me and Charlie to be honest as well <laughs> we were just talking <laughs> shit for hours in the truck and they were thinking what are these two idiots talking about so, I can't imagine that from Putnam the thing they wanted a break from us as well so it tied in brilliant but mainly we were doing a lot of hours in the truck like it's after the last race to drive back from Millville to Boston was like 23 hours in the truck non-stop Jesus. we stopped for dinner and all the other ones that would just eat food in the van and just stop for diesel and then so it's like there's a lot of driving to be done yeah absolutely and then uh, what, the, the last three you've got in the calendar what's that uh, Unadilla so, you, so you, you're doing Unadilla yeah yeah Unadilla amazing Bud's, uh, we've got Bud's Creek Unadilla and Ironman oh incredible I think Her- nice Herlin's so, yeah, booked that. in for Ironman I heard so we'll see if mm. he's got anything nice. for Adamson for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And uh, uh, sorry, gone bad. I've yeah, yeah. Just, I'm just gonna say, I think, um, I think Unadilla, and if I was gonna, if I was gonna pick one to do, I think it would probably be either Iron Man or Unadilla. They look like two. Unadilla kind of European, net, stony, hard, and then Iron Man looks like just immense. Yeah, it looks yeah, sort, of like sort of like how you draw a motocross track. If someone... I'm not going to lie, see like all the American tracks, even the practice tracks we went to are just fun to ride. Mm. You know that way when you just really enjoy riding your bike. To be yeah. fair, the British Championships and the Scottish have done, and MX Nationals has done a great job this year too. They have all been great. Like Oxford was a bit of a washout, but you can't control the weather. The effort they went in there was incredible. Like Schoolhouse, yeah. Oxford, it, like even Fox Hills was well prepared this year it's been good in Britain as well but America is just like it is a bit like more like the tracks could smash you this makes it exciting there's like big fast jumps like we don't really have any big jumps in the UK anymore do we? No No like, I, mean, I, think, yeah, I think when an 85 not, not big and stuff. I think when an 85 you're not hucking up hill triple it's too small like you want you want a 250 to struggle to do it or a 450 to do it most laps yeah, like yeah. you need something that sets people apart and that's what I'm like this triple triple that I, that Neil hyped me up to do in, in the second quarter so Neil's fault yeah. well I, I did pretty well in the first quarter fine and then I went out the second one and he's saying come on 
just twist it. And I was, I looked at the sector times and I knew what sector was slowing. And I came round inside and just tried to hurt Chris Triple from the inside, but I was an absolute mile short, <laughs> right on the front this, wheel. This the, this the two up, up my, um, Mike Martin. Yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, the, those yeah, ones yeah. In, in real life, they're pretty big. I don't know what they look like on TV, but... And I yeah. was, I came up on that first trip up the hill, I came up short in the front wheel by, like, a bike length, winded myself, <laughs> and then so I went for another hot lap, messed it up, and then the next lap, there's a kicker on the next one that they fixed before the race, and straight over the handlebars again, like, massive. <laughs> I literally hit it and I thought, oh, I'm out the front door and just jumped right over the handlebars. Yeah. It's quite funny because Clinton and like said that we're, we're watching it back home and then they said, we've seen John on the TV twice, picking up his bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's it again. I got some yeah. for the wrong reasons. Oh, fuck it. It's all part of it. I mean, what's, uh, what's that hill like compared to, to Hawkston? You know, Hawkston's the biggest hill ever here. What's, what's, what's that, that monster at that, that Mount Morris uh, thing? Like the coming back down Hoxton's much Matt Martin, yeah. But like that, the yeah. back down the hill, it's a long hill. Yeah, it's, mm. it's, it's really long. It's probably, uh, I don't know. It's not as steep as it's not as steep as uh, Hoxton Hill, but it's maybe double the length long. back down. A right, lot okay. long way wow, back down. Play. Yeah, fair play. Amazing stuff. So yeah, I mean the racing from the weekend. Mr. Deegan uh, unleashed the goods. Then that was a uh, bit of a head turner for everybody. I thought, like you know, suddenly dropping his lap times to like jet level and um, putting the uh, the lovely white Yamaha up at the front end. And I think Cooper's nose was well out of joint, so that would be quite mm. entertaining in the uh, in the paddock. What did you make of it, Brad? That uh, that two fifty race uh, set of two fifty races. Yeah. Yeah, that pretty, was, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he was sort of there in like fourth or third, and Hunter like caught them up, and obviously he was sort of just about to get ready to make the pass, and yeah, washed the front just before like coming towards the finish. Obviously in the shadows, yeah, just basically slid out. He was up pretty quick, but um, yeah, then Deegan just all of a sudden just dropped the hammer, dropped his lap time by sort of like two or three seconds, and it was like, is he going to catch him? And then he's like, well, if he catches him, is he going to be able to pass him? And then before anyone could think about it, he'd caught him, gone by him, and dropped him. It was <clears throat> it was impressive. I mean, he just, yeah, literally caught him, blew his doors off, and just gapped him. Yeah, for a rookie, obviously shows how fit and strong he is, and just, yeah, how quick he's how quick he can go yeah, yeah it was definitely it was I mean, an impressive ride you have, to, you have to admit it yeah I mean uh, Hunter there obviously has now only got a three point gap on him so that's going to be uh, entertaining there and yeah see how they go from there uh, the, the, the Yamahas again showed their speed didn't they with the uh, with the starts and again right the way up there in those and then yeah a bit of a disappointment for Vial obviously hurt himself uh, and I think he might be out unless he can recover in time during this break I think he's chosen the right, right moment mm-hmm. to hurt himself if, if there is such a thing but um, yeah did you get to watch most of the, the 250s yourself there John or was it all just like so hectic there I, I've, I've not watched any of the 250 to be honest Um like you're pretty, it's pretty relaxed in the morning. Like you get you get your 15 minutes qualifying, then there's you've got lots of groups at the start. But as soon as you start racing, it comes around super fast, and a lot of the time you're in the ice bath and then trying to cool off because it's hot. So yeah. I didn't really watch yeah. much. Uh, I watched it back on TV after, but I've not watched this this weekend's EMA. So whatever you're talking about, I don't know yet. <laughs> I've not watched it. <laughs> I was an athletic guy watching my girlfriend run round in her pants. So that. Was my mm. weekend. <laughs> yeah. 
it was um it was good the racing was good not to ruin the finish john but here's a detailed description of what happened <laughs> at the weekend yeah <laughs> ah, sorry, <man. laughs> i've watched the 450 so much like by the time you watch the mxgp 250 yeah, yeah, yeah. 450 250 450 ama it's like eight hours it's like six hours it's gone yeah yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's the whole day of work on a monday and then kind of like especially after i've been commentating for for two days i'm, I'm like god do i want to watch a whole other eight hours of racing i'll oh, go on then you know stick it on yeah. <laughs> it's a bit tricky but uh yeah especially when uh, you tend to be shouting sometimes at the tv yeah um but uh yeah the um the 450s though i mean yeah jet this is the one where he was supposed to get beaten yeah and um yeah oh dear yeah i mean uh, he ends prediction fail again <laughs> yeah did i get it right i think i said anderson for the podium didn't i or not? I think, hang on a second, I'd, uh, for somehow I think, uh, yeah, John caught me out at the beginning there, it was much, yeah. much more on time than uh, than uh, yeah. I was, so uh, yeah, I didn't, I brought up the predictions oh, spreadsheet yet, yeah, but here we go, um, got, okay, so the, uh, <laughs> it was Lawrence, Sexton, Anderson, wasn't it? Yeah, and, ah, mm-hmm. uh, oh, Bad, you got it perfect. Bastard. <laughs> absolutely perfect. Again, that's the second week in a row you've got it absolutely perfect. Although you had Cooper, Hunter, Vial for your 250 podium. Oh, yeah. So, uh, never mind. Uh, I did get Deegan on the podium, so that's... Um, I, I had the 250 podium right, but in the wrong order, but, uh, yeah, no, you've pulled even further clear there yeah. in our ongoing contest, but there we go, such is life. Yeah. <laughs> and what, do, think... what, do you, what does the loser have to do? Uh, well, I'm decided, yeah. yeah. No, it needs to be well, a forfeit for the loser, doesn't yeah, any suggestions, John? We had a we had a rainbow dildo in um, America, and the loser always had. To, we always said they need to wear that as a necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that works well because you've got the last British championship going after Wear something like that for the whole. What about some sort of outfit, the last round of the British or something? Or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. Championship. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I mean, I could do that for the last round of the British in in commentary. And then Brad can wear something around, uh, something on his kit at the last round of the British. Latex cat suit. I think that's good. Full mask with a little eye Uh on his coat. Although this round, I don't think I'm going to lose. So. Sweating that. <laughs> no, I see. You're just lining up for what I'm going to be wearing at, uh, yeah. at Oxford Motor Park. But yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, you're fucking miles clear. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we had some, yeah, we saw that out. Right, so that's a good one. Did you right. hear, did you hear Deegan's interview on the podium after race two? No. Uh, yeah, it was a bit, um, strange. Uh, patriotic. Yeah, he, <laughs> he referenced Andrew Tate, which was odd. And then, what did he reference Andrew Tate saying? Oh, he was just like saying how, like in the last couple of laps, he was like thinking about thinking about Andrew Tate and how like you've got to put his like heart into everything. It was very weird. And then he, yeah, said about uh, Hunter and how he's how he's supposed to be winning these races, and it was good yep. to get an American back on the top. And it was, <laughs> it's all very, is I don't know, all very sort of. I think I think TV. it was all very teenage. Yeah, I think it was you know it was, yeah say a teenage TV sensation mm. YouTube and all the rest of it, isn't it? It's kind of like yeah, uh, yeah sort of making waves to uh, to get to, to get the clicks. I think that's the best. Uh, that's better than the rest of them. I just thank Lord, baby Jesus, for keeping me safe out there. Yeah, I agree. That does get on. Uh, what? Come on. I just like the I like the baby version the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bless that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit odd, isn't it? That whole uh, the whole thank you. <laughs> I suppose they're probably just religious, but yeah, no. yeah. yeah, no, this is it. I mean, uh, I I don't know. I mean, 
correct me if uh, if you feel different to this, but I don't know if he's got a shelf life. What, I don't know if he's going to be. No, um, Deegan. <laughs> baby, baby, baby Deegan. Got a shelf life. Yeah, I, I, I could see him being a bit of a a, a law a bit of a flash in the pan. Bit of a, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's going to carry this on into his twenties. I mean, you know, forgive me if uh, somebody's <laughs> listening and I get shot by an American next week. But I just feel like. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's. He's. <laughs> There's only one J-Lo. There's yeah. no way Deegan's J-Lo. No. J-Lo is just a badass, whereas Deegan's just playing at it, isn't he? Yeah, I mean... Until he goes his bike into someone, he's nothing compared to J-Lo. No, Deegan's, Deegan's not taking his winnings again, doing buying a load of hookers and cocaine. He's going straight to bed yeah. and then up in the morning and probably going for a cycle. Um, yeah, he's not just rocking up at Daytona Supercross, <laughs> first race back and leading that after. Yeah, um, probably cocaine and hookers like you just said the night before. Yeah, eyeballs still touching the lens. <laughs> he's, he's nothing compared to Dela. No way. Yeah. No, no, I don't know. I just, I just, I just get a feeling that. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I think it's just you know, that we, I, we seven, might be seeing like, the very best of him right now. He's seventeen, young, like cocky. I don't think it's, I don't think it's any different to like Stewart when he was first on that one two five. He was like stopping, letting Reed by, pulling all his tear offs off on the line, just sort of you know just <laughs> being that cocky kid. I think it's good. I like when kids are cocky. It's yeah. like they're kids. Oh my oh, god, yeah. if you were 17 not... on top of the world, it's hard not to be mm. like, I'm the bollocks because <laughs> yeah. it is the bollocks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not knocking it, I'm just like, they're gonna, I just like, like, no, this ain't gonna last, you know? Let him be a personality, let's see him scrub the thing until it's upside down and be knackered and hang on for the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Because that's what kids do, looking yeah. cool at I mean, you, you probably would have said the same thing about Barsha, and he's still very much the same. <laughs> He seems he's tamed down sort of this year, but prior to that, it was still just you saw your front wheel clean off for twelfth. Um, yeah, I think he, I don't think Deegan will have a shelf life. No, I think I, it'll be interesting for him to go to the four fifty. Yeah, I think I've no doubt he'll get humbled at some point. He'll try and clean out this wrong person, and they'll just be like, "No, I don't think so." You're four foot six seven stone piss wet through I'm just going to snap you in half um, yeah when you go and race like Tomac and Barsha and stuff you're never really in someone like that are you no yeah it's, um, but yeah I think uh, I can imagine obviously Hunter's moving up next year so he's going to be chances are he's going to be winning most things like if the trajectory stays the same he's only going to get better so yeah mm, you, I'm not sure you kind of I'm not sure I, I mean you, yeah. you need a villain don't you although the Americans probably think he's baby Jesus he's and Hunter's the villain <laughs> but I don't know it's hard because they're trying to I guess he's trying to sort of turn get the Americans on his side but the Lawrence brothers are so likeable and easy to they're easy to like whereas if it was kind of Deegan versus like Vial the Americans all hate the French anyway so that would have been pretty straightforward <laughs> but <laughs> yeah I don't know it's, it's, it's an interesting um, way to yeah. to go about it but <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I I, I saw it and I thought, mm, okay, I thought it was going to get his, uh, making America great again cap out or something like that. Mm. I thought, okay, this is going to get start turning a little bit uh, born in the USA. Turn a little bit weird. Yeah, <laughs> having just watched the UFC where Trump is um, like ringside, I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah, we'll see that. I can see, uh, yes. I can see Deegan <laughs> turning up to Unadilla dressed like um, Apollo Creed in uh, Rocky One. <laughs> <laughs> Big oh, Living in America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good stuff. Okay, so yeah, I mean, as far as the racing goes, I mean, yeah, Jet is actually not a million miles away from sealing it now. Uh, he could actually uh, uh, tie it up very soon. Yeah, so uh, in, in the next round, it's, it's entirely five possible. Five points on Ferrandis or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, yeah, good, good research there, Brad. So yeah, it's ball. So basically, uh, if he yeah, goes one-one so, again, then he's he'll wrap it up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's it. So um, yeah, that, that, that's how close it's going to be for Jet, and then it's going to be all about the perfect season, isn't it? That's all everybody's going to be talking about if they aren't already. Um, yeah, so from that side, uh, that's the that's the American side of it wrapped up. So, John, for yourself, um, you say you got the the, the Michelin MX Nationals, and you, you're then going back out there for the uh, remaining three rounds, and then you're coming back for for the British. Um, you wild carding Matley? You doing anything more on the GP side? I'm not sure. Like to be honest, the deal was forget about going and doing the Grand Prix if I go to America so it'll be totally up to the team if they let me go I love racing so I'll go and race but if they're not so keen if they want to wrap the year up then yeah they can wrap the year up I agreed that forget about the GPs if I go to America so I can't take one thing and pest them too much for the other yeah, no worries then. And is there anything uh, decided for next year that you can talk about or not really? Nah, nothing set in stone yet. But talking to talking to people, so hopefully future's good. Yeah, good stuff. Nice one. Um, yeah, so from that side of it, I think we're, uh, we're not too far away there from, from side of it. Just one thing I went to ask there, John, how come you are number two? What's the, uh, what's the story behind the race number? Uh, I was number 49 on the 250 and then... Um, I think I moved back down. I moved from the 450 to 250 and Callum Green was 49 so I couldn't have right. 49 and I used to run number 2 in the youth class so I went back to number 2 and then I had some pretty good years with number 2 on the 250 so I just kept it all the time yeah, nice I, like, one. I like the single digit on the back of the shot it just looks cool <laughs> if I'm honest yeah. I just like it <laughs> like if I ever win a championship I'll run the number one but I need to win the championship first mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got an idea but I need to do the championship first yeah. I don't know why everyone that's champion doesn't run number Not one me either yeah. does my head in I'm with you so cool absolutely with you I yeah. dropped the number one yeah. after we practice crack yeah. red plate I won the Nora Cup this year and I'm yeah. going to run number one there next year <laughs> Oh, oh right. that's, that's badass! I can't wait for that. It's three, three rounds. Yeah, three rounds next year. <laughs> Big gold number oh, one. Super. Oh, Charlie Putnam at the weekend. So oh, good. I was glad you. I'm glad you brought this oh, up. There was a Fred in the program the week before <laughs> that said he was the points leader of the pro class at the mm. Bridgestone Masters, and he got all his red plates made up and stuff. And then Clark, who was the real point leader, was a bit like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he got a message saying it was a typo in the programme and he was actually running sixth in the championship. <laughs> so he got the red plates made up, rocked up with his bike, all stickered up red plates, and he was actually sixth. 
He said phone me. I spoke to him yesterday, and he said I was too embarrassed to tell you the weekend. But I'll tell you now. Yeah, it was <laughs> so funny. It was funny. What a twat! <laughs> oh man, we're not talking about his Bridgestone Masters because there's only like a dozen of them out on track. It was a bit of a, a funny affair. But yeah, we're not tempted by that, or was it just too soon after the flights? Um, to be fair, Gemma had the big race in London and. I did ask if I could go to Lomo, but the team wasn't so keen on me going out there because I was just back from America and bloody blah. So she had a big race on in London and that's not often I get to go and watch her. So I went and watched her race and it was a a different Sunday, but it was really good. Yeah. What's, what's, what's your other half day? What's, I didn't, get quite get, didn't quite get the full story she's there. So you're the half runner. She's an 800 metre runner. And wow. uh, so she won the London Diamond League, which is like their top league uh, nice. on Sunday. So it was a really good event to go and see. It was like the biggest Diamond League of the year for her and in front of the home crowd she won. So it's amazing. Mm. Awesome. Oh, fair play. Nice one. What's her name? Gemma Rike. Right, okay, okay. I mean, I don't watch athletics. I'm sure my, my folks do because they, they, they watch all of that. So I'm sure my yeah. folks would know. That's pretty sweet. Cool, nice one. Yeah. Good stuff. So, lots of. So, the, <laughs> who wins the training runs in the morning? <laughs> oh, for sure. Just got better stamina in the bedroom, too. <laughs> <laughs> was not my question. <laughs> uh, nah, I'm just letting you know. Cheers. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I always give it 100% just like the motorbike that you can't knock my <laughs> effort usually end up just laying on the floor <laughs> yeah I'm lying on the floor after it too <laughs> and it's my head stuff. so <laughs> yeah <laughs> excellent right I don't think I can add anything to that that's by you <laughs> yeah uh, it's not that sort of podcast <laughs> it's really not <laughs> Well, I thought they were talking about motorbikes and now John Cena's got a sore helmet and lying on the floor. That's <laughs> <laughs> a disaster. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, fantastic! Yeah, that's it. Fat job done. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to all the sponsors, go free. Thanks so much. Cheers. Cheers. Clear loop. Amazing. Oh Jesus! Good stuff. Good stuff. Right, that's me done. Yeah. Go and join your beer now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I shall carry on. Yeah, I need, need another one. So, yeah, bang on. Great stuff. All right, John, well, um, yeah, uh, enjoy, um, uh, yeah, enjoy the Mitchell Nationals. I'll be there, uh, hopefully. I'm not sure on that one yet. We'll see how that works out. But, uh, yeah, and this will be on the Scottish this weekend, so that'd be pretty cool. So, I mean, uh, that, you're not far off from the Scottish one, are you? You're not far off the top of that? Yeah, I'm leading that just now. I've not got my red ah, plates okay. made up. We'll see if Charlie's just still left over. Jimmy, the on. But yeah, leading that one, so. Oh, fantastic. Ah, the red will be looking good for that. That's awesome. And then, uh, yeah, so you'll be nicking Billy's number one then for the next year if, uh, if all, all goes well. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that just to wind them up. plain looking number one in the world. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I noticed that, yeah. yeah. It's, just it's like tiny. somebody's just, ra- just done a roll of duct tape down his back. <laughs> He's a character. <laughs> Yeah, we could do a full hours podcast just on him, but we're wrapping it up. <laughs> yeah, this is the man, bit, the, uh, the legend. He is a legend. Yeah, yeah, there is a bit of that in there. For sure. <laughs> Loves a flip flop. Yeah, does our Bill? No, he doesn't. He's barefoot. Barefoot no, bear, Bill. Move on to barefoot. Barefoot Bill. 
Yeah. <clears throat> nice one. Okay, well, yeah, thanks for joining us, John. Been an absolute blast. Thanks for uh, joining us. It's been great stuff. So, yeah, we'll uh, catch you next time. Thanks a lot. Brilliant stuff. Cheers. Cheers. So, yeah, that's John gone, and uh, yeah, absolutely awesome. So, uh, I'm not sure how much I got idea on that, but I might just leave it alone. I think that was pretty decent. So, <laughs> spot on. Uh, massive thanks to everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed that one. And uh, yeah, we um, have got Mr. Tarviku booked for next week, so that'd be pretty cool. Uh, let's see what his take is, in, is on it, especially after he's just been to Lommel and done pretty well as well. So, that'd be quite cool to talk to him. And uh, yeah, thanks massively to Kawasaki Motors UK. Uh, please go and check out that KLX 140R lineup. Uh, all at your local off-road dealership and then uh, yeah fueled by golf race fuels across sports car single seaters motorcycle racing and further field golf brand is associated with winning whatever the discipline and also thanks to AS3 Performance uh, who stock a huge selection of aftermarket motocross parts available for the 1980s Evo two-stroke models to the current four-stroke bikes so yeah great stuff and of course massively thanks to Even Strokes uh, using the code for my colleague here Brad Wheeler 10 so Brad Wheeler 10 like I said, put that in at the checkout and that's not 10% off the uh, overall price. And yeah, anything you buy, even strokes, gets uh, put back into the sport. So uh, do everyone a favour and evenstrokes.com for all your motocross needs. Yeah, fantastic stuff. And uh, yeah, thanks uh, so much for listening to this podcast. It's the Great British SMX Review Show. That's what I'm going to call it this week because it's just a mix up there. Uh, the Bridgestone Masters did take place. Uh, just in case you're wondering where the British content's gone, that was about the biggest race at the weekend, apart from the Apico Pro Stroke National. Uh, both myself and uh, Brad were at the uh, Bridgestone Masters. Uh, Brad doing his best on the on the circuit, and myself on the uh, on the microphone. But uh, not your best weekend, Brad. But you're not uh, feeling too bad today. No, no. Saturday was okay. <laughs> Sunday started actually Sunday started terribly right at the gate um, and then yeah well you weren't the only one I mean the gate didn't drop no, that's was, it, sec- was that down that's to you the second one nah Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Was, there was a flag start. I mean, I've, I've, I've not seen a flag start in years and years of race, and then we see them at Blacksall with the 250s, and then yourself at Cullen mm. with, with a flag start, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm 70 and 0 on flag starts. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, the first race Sunday, I hit the gate and was, I don't know, just oversuit loads of people and was in second by the end of the first lap somehow. Yeah, then got into the lead just made a little mistake and yeah ate ate the dirt but it was a very up and down weekend for sure yeah I could see you were super pissed off after the first race you just literally blitzed it back to your camper as quick as I've ever seen anyone Mm. go back to the camper at the end of uh, race one because you suddenly lost all those positions in the uh, final lap yeah just got down to the bottom of the bike just stopped and yeah wouldn't start so yeah lost from 5th to 10th which would have been a tenner which is kicking the nuts. <laughs> so that was really annoying. But, um, yeah, for yeah, sure. Then the, then the rain came down and um, ripped, ripped the yeah, whole shot. And, uh, yeah, checked out, which was good. Yeah. But then Sunday was another match. <laughs> Sunday was a disaster. <laughs> Yeah, it was a pretty rough crash. I saw you have, and uh, I just happened to be. I mean, I wasn't always looking at that corner, but I just happened to be at that moment when you uh, you went down. I was like, oh, that did not look nice. So, uh, yeah, not pleasant. And then you went down again in the corner by the commentary box, didn't you? Did you sort of yeah, like did the same, slip out did the same did thing, basically? That the same thing. Face plan. Um, yeah, yeah, well, first one, I was just coming into the corner, just sort of picked the front wheel up over a couple of bumps and just put it down in a boggy patch, and it just, yeah, just went. Um, then the, the second and the third crash were just due 
due to the the front end being so twisted and it just getting like yeah the rats just I can see it was su- such a bad angle your your bars were at yeah such it was so yeah so that was that was the causes of those two just not being couldn't really tell if I was straight or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. But uh, yeah, fair play to Stephen Clark as well for yeah. winning the uh, pro elite class. Although there, um, there was a split field between ourselves, it looked like it was a low, um, no, equally low number of uh, pros at the uh, Pico National as well from the mm. footage I've seen. So um, yeah, both the, uh, the 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 small as it is pro class in the UK was divided quite badly between those two events, and obviously there were um, some good showings by the Brits and the British Championship guys like Coolis uh, in MXGP as well, with uh, with Coolis ripping almost whole shots in in both MXGP rides I mean that's that's pretty impressive isn't it Brad you've got to say yeah yeah you see Kudus in the uh, in the MXGP or have you not watched I've not got that far yet I've got as far as that's the next one the first MXGP race Um, yeah it's uh, it's pretty impressive how yeah he does I don't know when he has GPs he seems to get really he seems to get really good starts Um, yeah I don't know the reason for that yeah might yeah just might just be a gamer but yeah fair play to him and obviously, yeah, there are a few riders that did the EMX Open as well from the UK. So, yeah, that was uh, a little bit tricky there, although um, not such a great weekend for, for those guys. But, uh, yeah, so um, that is Great British Motocross Show slash SMX Review Show for this week. Uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, please join myself and Brad next week. We'll have some more content for you. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Speak to you next time. Take care.